John chapter 10, just let's begin reading verse 1. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. <clears throat> but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. But they know, for they know his voice. Look with me, verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the door. That's pretty clear, isn't it? I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they... Follow me. And I give unto them what? Eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. As we've been studying through uh, John, we see Jesus has already uh, said, or it's been said about Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? He says, uh, I am the light of the world. And now here in this passage, uh, Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the door. Right? Even though this is clear that Christ says, I am the door, still everywhere, all over the world today, right? And... And even in our country all over, there's so many people trying to find another way. That's what he said in the, in the first verse. He says, uh, He that entereth not by the door into the sheep bowl, but, but climbeth up uh, some other way. You know, so many folks are still trying to look for the other way. The other way to what? The other way to God. Or the other way to heaven. You know, the other way to that abundant life that he talked about here, the other way to happiness, the other way to fulfillment. But this is just kind of, isn't this kind of crazy that, I mean, wouldn't it, make just, wouldn't it just make the most sense to go through the door? In any other instance, right? In any other, I mean, if you're, just to, go, if you're to go to someone's house, if you're to go to a store, what's the first thing that we all look for? We all look for the what? The door. I'm sure it's possible that we could get in some other way. I mean, there's po- it's possible to go in through a window or some other way, but, you know, it's, 
harder, isn't it? It would look suspicious if we were trying to climb up uh, through a window trying to get into the house. You don't do that. You go through the what? The door, especially if it's open. Especially if the door is open. And Jesus Christ said, I am the door. By it, we have salvation. That's simple, isn't it? I mean, that's a simple message that Jesus Christ is the door, but that's what he says in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus simply says, I am the door. I am that way to salvation. I am that way to the Father. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 5 and 6, the Bible says there is one God. He's in three persons, but the Bible says there is one God. And one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself for ransom to all to be testified in due time. Jesus Christ is the way. The simple gospel message is what? Whosoever. Right? It's to everyone. Anyone. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But they have to come by what? The door. The door is... The gospel, Jesus Christ's death, His burial, His resurrection. In other words, everyone comes by the cross. Everyone comes by the way of the cross, by the way of Jesus Christ's blood shed for us uh, to make a way for salvation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and verse 3, Paul says to the church there, But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I like that this that uh, Christ uh, talks about himself as the door. He talks about himself as the shepherd. Why? Because even, even for us that... I mean, I don't know, but most of us probably don't have this great understanding of sheep. Uh, But we still can grasp this, can't we? The sheep and the shepherd, this is a simple, a clear way to say, listen, uh, there is a simplicity that is in Christ. That you get into the sheepfold, you you become a sheep by the door, by salvation. And then how do we live our Christian life? How do we continue in our in our walk, and our relationship with Christ, like a sheep and a shepherd. By following Him, by following His voice. It's really not that complicated, right? In our Christian life. The world all over, people are trying to climb up some other way. It doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense when the door is obviously the easiest, Right? The most simple and clear way. But he says there's those that will try to climb up some other way. And I think that the word climb is a good way to put it. Because religion without the simple gospel message is just climbing up another way. And that's what it is. It's climbing, 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 but never arriving. It's never just being. It's never, uh, there's no rest. There's no fellowship. 
There's no forgiveness, right? That comes by the door, that comes by the good shepherd. We see this right from the very beginning. When Adam and Eve, when they first sinned, uh, God required a blood sacrifice for sin, right? But what did Adam and Eve do? They used the fig leaves. They used the fig leaves. They're trying to work their way. They're trying to cover up their sin by their own achievement, by their own... This, is, this happened with Cain and Abel. First get right? Cain brings the what? The wrong sacrifice when God was clear. And he told him what the sacrifice was. It was a lamb that was bloodshed for the forgiveness of sins. He brought, he brought of his own works. It, it's some, there's just something in us as humans that would rather work for it than just go through the door and receive the work that was done by Jesus Christ. One of the, probably the clearest examples of this in the Old Testament would be the Tower of Babel. Where you see, where you see a, a group of people that think that they can build their way to God. But, but, we, but we see the same thing today. It's the same philosophy that through achievement, right? Through enough good works, through enough of our building, through enough of our uh, hard work that somehow we're going to get God's attention that way. Listen, God, God is not impressed with, with the tower. He was not impressed with the Tower of Babylon. He's not impressed with man's achievement. He spoke the world into existence. He did it in six days and rested on the seventh. And he could have done it sooner than that, but he, he did that for us for an example. Remembering that he is the door. Do you remember when you walked through the door? Do you remember that? Do you remember when you believed that Jesus Christ was the way? I remember. I remember as a young boy when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Asked Him to forgive me of my sins. I'd done no works. I'd trusted in no achievements. I I didn't have any, right? But Christ, as a young child, gave me all the promises Accepted me into his family. Why? By simply going through the door. By simply asking Christ for the forgiveness and making him my Lord. Look at verse 9 of this chapter. We just read verse 9. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, the Lord here, Christ is talking to the nation of Israel. He's talking to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, uh, talking to them. But he also mentions us. When I say us, I'm talking about Gentiles, the church age. In verse 16, look at, he tells them, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. In this verse, as he's talking to them about being the door and being saved, he says that we'll be able to go in and out and find pasture. You know, pasture is that uh, good food supply, right? Being fed. You know what the good shepherd will do for us after we go through the door? He'll feed us. He'll sustain us. He'll provide for us. Listen, as a sheep, what more can you need, or what more would you need than the than a good pasture, right? A good pasture. He makes it possible where you can just come in and it's suitable, this pasture that the shepherd has chosen for us is suitable for our growth, right? 
He says in verse 10, he said, The thief has come not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Do you want that? Do you want that abundant life that's possible in Christ? That does not mean that it is a life without trouble. It doesn't mean that it's a life without, like Paul talked about, that thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him. It doesn't mean that it's a life without that. But it does mean that we are truly living. It does mean that we are living to our full potential. It does mean that we are living our life to the potential that God has for us, for the purpose that God has for us, all that we can be. I know all of us in here this morning are alive, right? We're alive, but are we really living? Are we really living? Are we really living for what the Lord has for us, uh, living now? You know, so many folks will act like or talk as though that, they're doing things in life preparing for the next stage that they're really going to live then, you know. That the, the kids, they're really going to live when they establish their career, out of college, out of school, right? And then those, they're really going to live when the kids are gone, or, or then, you know, they're really going to live at, during retirement, right? But the, the Lord has time, he has, he has time for us to live now, right now, in today. Wherever we're at, in the states that we're at, to be able to live life to the fullest, to the full potential, how? Just by simply going through the door and being with Him. Look what the Bible says. I know, I know you know this passage, but we have to go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. You know, the, when it comes, it talks about goes in and out and finds pasture. I think of the the accessibility of Christ. You know, the door is not a place. The door is a person. An omnipresent person. In other words, you can go in and out and find pasture anywhere. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere, in any place, in any situation. And, and, and the accessibility that Christ has given us that we can come before the throne of grace and find help in time of need, it's like it's, like it's your home. That the, the, kids, the kids, they don't have to ring the doorbell. There doesn't have to be this official, you know, ring the doorbell knock. They can just kind of go in and out. Now, in our house, we're always telling them either in or out. Don't be going in and out, in and out, in and out. It's either in or out, right? Then shut the door behind you. But still, but still, the kids can do that, right? And the same is true with us. We have a good shepherd that allow us to come into his presence with thanksgiving. Anytime. Anytime. He's accessible to us. He says in Psalms, 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I like that. Just declare, I mean, you know, I'm not this, you guys know, I'm not the name it and claim it, but but say it. The Lord's my shepherd. I, I don't need to want. I don't need to be anxious about all the things that I want and I need. The Lord is my shepherd. He knows what I need. He will provide. The Lord is my shepherd. Do we need this? Do we need it? Yeah, I do, but the Lord is my shepherd. 
I've trusted Him. I've trusted Him with my direction. I've trusted Him with uh, my necessities. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, sh- I don't have to be in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, a constant uh, trying to uh, be nervous about the things that I need, the things that I want, the things that I have. He says, no, the Lord has plenty. Does the Lord have plenty? Does the Lord have more than enough? He said, my grace is sufficient for, for you. Does the Lord have more than what we could ever use, ever need? And He is our shepherd. He's more than enough. It's be, it'd be awful for us as a sheep to be constantly worried about what pasture we're going to next. The shepherd already knows where we're going next. He already has the pastures all figured out, right? We don't have to worry. We don't have to go through. You know what? You know what'll you know what'll destroy our lives? We talked about living and living in the abundant life. What will destroy the abundant life is fear. Constant fear. No need to fear for close to the shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in what? Green pastures. He's picked the best pasture for us. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Doesn't that feel like rest? The rest that the shepherd has in mind for the sheep, he's bringing us into rest. He said, he restoreth my soul. You know, sometimes we can just get, just get worn out, just get, just get anxious, just get empty. It takes us to be intentional to go in and fellowship with the, with the Savior and find a restoration to our soul to, soul to be restored. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. He leads us. He leads us. We've got to believe that, that if we'll listen, if we'll seek, if we'll seek His will, if we'll seek His direction, He will lead us. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It doesn't say that he's going to lead us constantly and always in a good way, but he says that he'll be with us. He says, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they, what? Comfort me. The God of all comfort. It comforts us when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. Why? Because he will show himself to be with us, to be near us. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. He says, thou anointest my head with oil. He's anointed us. He's given us a purpose. He's given us a will. He's given us a a calling in our lives. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. How would that change our perspective if we really believe that? That because of who we are in Christ, that because of us having gone through the door, Because of us believing that the Lord is our shepherd, we truly believe that there's going to be a couple things that follow us around for the rest of our life. And those things that follow us around is going to be goodness and mercy. We need the mercy, don't we? I appreciate the goodness. I like it. I like good things that come from the Lord. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever. He says, I'll come in and find pasture with him. I'll meet with the Lord in his house and in his presence. I'm going to be able to a fellowship with the Lord. We have a good shepherd. 
We accept this good shepherd through salvation. He gives us a pasture to be able to grow, but then he leads us through this life. And in verse 3, in verse 4, in verse 27, look with me in verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you know how you know you're, you're a sheep? It's if you're following the shepherd. He said his sheep hear his voice, knows his voice, right? And it follows the shepherd. He says, you're my disciples if you what? If you follow me, if you do my commandments, if you obey my word. We're his people. Why? Because we're following him. We're not following each other. Although there is, and we'll get to this in a second, there is security and there is strength and unity. But all the sheep is there in unity together in that one flock. They follow the shepherd. They follow Christ. It's that simple. He leads us. We follow. You say, how does He lead us? How is it that He leads us? It shouldn't be strange for us as sheep to say that we hear the shepherd's voice. It shouldn't be a strange thing for us to say that the Lord has spoken to us through His Word. His Word will speak to us, won't it? It'll come alive to us. It'll help us. It shouldn't be strange for us to say that He'll speak to us through His Word, that He speaks to us through His Spirit, you say, okay, now if the Lord's promised all these things, if He's promised all this good, um, the the green pastures and and the fellowship and and His leading and His Spirit, then for sheep, then there should be no problems, right? There should be no hardships. There should be no, uh, nothing to fear if there's, uh, if the Lord is with us. Well, He does tell us a few things that are dangerous for the sheep. In verse 10, He tells us of of the thief. The thief that's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he talks about the, um, the wolf here in verse, verse 12. Look at verse 12. But he that is an hireling and is not the shepherd whose own the sheep or not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. So the good shepherd warns us here of the thief. You know what's the thief do? He's come to kill, to steal, and destroy. He'll steal our joy, won't he? He'll steal our rewards. He'll steal our fellowship. Uh, try and break that relationship, fellowship with Christ. He kills through sin. You know, the temptation and, and sin as it takes root in our life, you know what it'll do? It'll destroy it really will. It's so strong that it, uh, it'll, it'll destroy a marriage. It'll destroy a family. It'll destroy the fellowship that we have with the Lord. It'll destroy a life. He says the wolf, the wolf is coming and he's coming to scatter. Right? Why does he scatter? He scatters the sheep because, like I said, that there is unity. Uh, there's power in the unity. And when you get, uh, when you get a sheep off by itself. What, what strength does a sheep have against a wolf on its own? Sheep has no strength against the wolf on its own, but if it's with the other sheep and it's with the shepherd, it's safe. What if we knew, what if we knew in our lives that there was a thief coming? I mean, I mean, even in a practical sense, what would we do? We'd prepare, right? We'd lock the doors. We'd bar the windows, right? We would do all the things that is necessary if we knew a thief 
was coming. And listen, it is, it is true in our lives that we, as, as, as God's people, God's sheep, should be on guard to say, hey, there is a thief out there. There's a wolf out there that would take the innocent, that would, take, that would destroy the life, and he does it through sin. He tries to, he tries to separate and isolate. Why? So that he can destroy. If you look in your own life, uh, as you feel, as you feel like you're backsliding. People use that word. You're, 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 you're backing away from the Lord and the fellowship with Him. You know what you also feel? You also feel like the enemy is trying to isolate you from other brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? That fellowship with them tries to isolate you, bring you out of that. Why? Because he wants to destroy. He knows the fellowship of the saints strengthens us and helps us. We have a good shepherd, though. He doesn't just feed us, he protects us, doesn't he? He protects us from the evil. David, in the, in the Old Testament, is a picture of Christ, right? One of the great pictures of Christ. And I think of the verse in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 and 35, where David is proving that he can, fight the, he can fight Goliath, the giant, he says to Saul. Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him. Can you picture this? I and mean, this is something. He says, and I went after him, and smote him, and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. You see David just taking the lamb out of the mouth of the lion, right? And then slaying this lion, killing this lion, destroying this lion. You say, it looks like the enemy is close. I mean, I feel like I'm in the jaws of the lion, right? There's still hope. The point is, there's still hope. The good shepherd is, is a great deliverer. He's willing to give his life for the sheep. Let me just say this. As amazing as it is, as amazing as it, as it is, that David was able to, to, to destroy the lion. And we think that, man, that, was, uh, that must have been a close fight. It's not even a close fight. We're no match for the devil. But let me just say, the devil is no match for the Lord. That's right, amen. It's not even a close fight. It's not even a close fight. Satan already knows what his end is. He already knows what his, his uh, destiny is. And he has no strength over the Lord Jesus Christ. So what, what protection does the sheep have? To stay close to the shepherd. In conclusion, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. There may be some decisions that we have to make. There may be some uh, uh, choices in our life as we look and say, uh, the door, have I entered in? Each person asks themselves, am I saved? Am I born again? Is there a time that, not that I'm trusting in my works, not that I'm trusting in my achievement, not that I'm trusting in religion, baptism, anything like that. I'm not trusting in, in anything other than the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ as my Savior and my payment for sin, receiving Him into my heart as my Lord and my God. Have I entered in? 
Am I in the, am I in, uh, the bride of Christ? Am I in, in Christ? And then, am I, am I growing? Have I, have I been uh, uh, being led by the good shepherd to these green pastures that he promises, that abundant life? Does it, sometimes when you hear about the abundant life or this joy in life, you feel like, is that even possible? Right? But we can humble ourselves in prayer and fellowship with the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be led into this rest. I want to be led where I can truly say and believe it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Following Him, following His voice. You know, it, 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 it seems like our society nowadays, and it's probably always been like this, but it's just so busy, right? Constantly, constantly, constantly. And if we're not careful, that is an enemy to our fellowship with the Lord. That there's so much noise and so much stuff going on that we're not silent enough, that we're not still enough to hear the voice of the shepherd, to hear his spirit, to take time and fellowship with him in his word. Am I growing? Am I, am I being fed spiritually? And if I'm not, why? If I'm not, is it because I'm not going in? Is it, is it because that I'm not seeking and staying close to the Good Shepherd, listening to His voice? And remember that there's a danger out there. Be aware of the thief. Be aware of the wolf in our own lives and in the lives of our family. Say, listen, this, the, Lord didn't, the Lord doesn't put this in here just to scare us for no reason, but He gives us a warning and shows us danger that this sin... And the penalty and the effects of sin in our life are serious. It can destroy a sheep. It can destroy us. It can destroy our lives. There really is a wolf. There really is a thief. The Lord's our shepherd. Stay close to Him. Stay in fellowship with Him. All that we can do to say, I want to go in and find pasture and find rest and fellowship with the Lord and go to those still waters with Him and have my soul restored. He loves us. That's what He's trying to tell us. The Good Shepherd loves us. He'd give His life for us. He has given His life for us. So would we give our life for the Shepherd? Let's pray. Lord, as we come before You this morning, we trust that You are, uh, Lord, leading us and guiding us. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this simple way to teach us how to follow you and to hear your voice and the dangers of the wolves and the shepherds and the thieves. And God, I pray that you would put a hedge of protection about each person and, and uh, Lord, protect the church. God, draw us close to you. I pray that there's not one person here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. But then, Lord, as we've entered in the door, Lord, help us to find that abundant life, that fellowship with you that faith in you that overcomes all our fears. God, we love you. You are wonderful. You are great. God, help us during this uh, Christmas season to put our focus on you. Lord, help us uh, as we are with friends and family. Lord, that we can glorify you and that there may be some that come to know you as a personal Lord and Savior. God, we would thank you for that, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.